it's always fun to kind of get back into that tournament and wearing the saber sweater again for games so that, that was always a enjoyable part of the summer yeah for sure and you, we got guys skating right all the time throughout the the 12 month calendar year but in the you know spring and summer they're not always playing saber hockey right they're doing yep. other things and that's that's completely healthy and acceptable in the way it is um and then you know you don't have at present you know a, a simpson so you kind of consider him in a possible graduation situation there's there's always the opportunity that he might come back if depending on how things you know pan out here over the next couple of weeks and months but yeah it's we we had to really you know we, we if simpson's not gone or if simpson is gone and vogel's gone you know, that's a hundred some points out of our 200 points we had so that's you know a sizable chunk so we're just trying to learn about who we are and and whatnot the the good news is we return a lot of guys um, that have played in some real meaningful minutes in some tough situations in big time games um, so we didn't need to necessarily learn about them but there's a lot of incoming guys that we're, we're intrigued about Welcome back to the Saber Hockey Show. My name is Yuri Hewson. Here with me again today is my co-host, Kelvin Simon. Today's show has been long awaited. We're excited to get back in the studio and give some updates from the summer, as well as what's happening so far this fall. And we'll even give some deep thoughts and tips on how to navigate through the post-tryout disappointment or excitement that players often experience this time of year. If you haven't yet, make sure you give us a follow on whatever platform you're listening on. And also, if you enjoy our show, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you miss our last episode, make sure to go give it a listen as we're excited to bring you the most up-to-date news on Saber Hockey every two weeks. We are back after the long summer. Feels like forever since we've been in the studio. We are finally back on the mics bringing all the information and news back to everyone that listens. So excited to be back from all the summer. Yeah, the drought is over. Uh, it, you know, summer goes by fast. Uh, we try and keep up, but uh, we're excited. We're locked in uh, for the fall. And of course, um, we'll, we'll bring some updates throughout the winter as well. Um, and so like like you said, we are back. We are, we are getting Doug back. Little hangover quote <laughs> for you there. I won't go all into that, but I'm excited to be here. Yeah, no, there's a lot of stuff that happened over the months that we haven't been doing the podcast, so we're excited to kind of bring a little bit of recap of what's going around uh, Shockby Hockey as with the youth and then as well as high school um, over the these past summer months, and we'll kind of get into it with the Summer Leadership Summit. Um, that was with the Minnesota Wild. They host a leadership summit. Um, that Coach Calvin and uh, uh, the two captains, Jake Marshall and Carson Steinhoff. Uh, was there anybody else that went with you guys, or was it just you three? It was just us three from the boys' program, and then, of course, uh, Coach Grossman was there uh, with leaders from uh, the girls' program as well. Uh, at that time, they had not named captains. I'm not sure if they have yet, uh, but he had a couple of leaders that were with him too. So there was, we, And we all sat together and, and enjoyed the experience together. Yeah, that's awesome. So, with the Wild Leadership Summit, is that something that they've been that they just started, or because I don't remember them doing it, or at least us attending since when I graduated? Is that something that they've just kind of started doing? Or no, not not the first time they've done it. Uh, it's you know, there's a lot to learn about what all happens in season, and then especially off season. There's all kinds of different experiences. Um, and so this was the first time that uh, we've attended with our captains and we've had our coaches go in the past um, because we haven't had our captains always named uh, each season. But uh, this is the first time we went as, as a coach and captain uh, tandem. And I can tell you it was worth it. It was a great experience. Uh, I think that, you know, I don't want to speak for for Jake or Carson, but I think we all learned a lot uh, and gained a bunch that we'll bring back to the team for the upcoming season. Now, what did you guys do? That's great. What, what did you guys do there when you were there? How long were you there for? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a couple hour experience. You know, they have uh, some speakers. Uh, they talk to us about, of course, leadership, and then uh, there's also some like engaging pieces of the ex- experience. Um, they had you know a, a team building kind of exercise. Rick Rassier is like an expert team builder guy, and he comes in there and makes us do certain things. Made the kids go down like on the. We, we were at the Excel Energy Center, so it's no ice. You know, they're presenting from the floor. Um, they make the kids go down there and do some different things. And it was it was a really cool event uh, to absorb information, uh, to physically get involved, uh, to connect with other coaches, uh, other captains, you know, for the guys to go and connect with those guys. And um, like I said, I think it's uh, the type of experience you want to be involved in. When, you know, the first speaker, it, we probably could have left after this. And not that I'm saying that the other guys weren't great, but it was so good. And it, it was Matt. Matt Machka, he's the president of Minnesota Wild, and he really crushed it. I mean, he came out right away, and basically the next couple of speakers, including assistant coach Darby Hendrickson, was like, well, what do I say now? I mean, they just he, I'm just going to repeat everything he said, um, which, you know, Darby did a great job, too, in delivering information. These guys are really knowledgeable. Um, but the, the one thing I, I think that stuck out to me from Matt Machka was one of the first things he said. Um, in regards to leadership and and one of the key, you know, pieces of being a leader. So, you know, any listeners or, or you know, young players out there that are listening that, you know, aspire to be a leader. Um, he said one of the biggest things of being a leader is showing up, just being there, you show up every day. And so, you know, I, I took that, you know, pretty serious. And I think that's that's something that we talk about as coaches all the time. Get to the spot, right? The spot for us is the rink. Uh, the more we can get to the rink, the more that we're going to be in in a good situation to learn and grow and, and to absorb everything. So whether that's our own home rink or getting to other rinks where, where guys are playing and growing. Um, so it was great. Yeah, we had Matt Moshko. We had, we had Darby Hendrickson. Um, and then you had a nice panel. So you had uh, Scott Sandlin. Uh, and Ryan Sandlin, Scott Sandlin's the head coach for the men's team at UMD. Um, and then his son, Ryan Sandlin, who did not play for him at UMD. So Ryan is a uh, Hermantown uh, kid who went to uh, Minnesota State. Uh, so went to be kind of a rival to his dad. Um, and they talked about that and ribbed each other a bit and had a lot of enjoyment between the two of them and the experience. I think it probably took some pressure off of off of. Uh, Coach Sandlin to not have his kid on the team, right? Um, while you know we were yeah. talking pre-show about um, the the Colorado uh, Buffaloes, and you know Deion Sanders has got his kids on the team, so it's a different experience, of course. But um, you could tell Ryan was really grateful for his time at Minnesota uh, Minnesota State, and is now playing in the AHL for the Colorado Eagles. And then you also had uh, Laura Bellamy, who's the head coach for the UMD women's team, and then uh, Gabby Hughes, who's a player with the USA national team. So you had, you know, representation for for both the men and the women uh, coaches from the the head coaches from UMD on both sides of it. And they just kind of spoke in a panel and delivered some really good stuff too. And you know, it's just like I said, it was a valuable experience for us to absorb it and, and be around you know some other leaders and and, and really grow. Yeah, that that sounds. I mean, I think that would be an event where. Ever, was there a lot of coaches and I'm, I would assume it was a pretty big event, but was there majority of the teams and coaches and stuff from like our conference and was it, mo- was there teams that trekked down from up North or kind of what was the layout of like teams and players there? Yeah. Uh, you had the local twin cities teams. You had uh, teams from up North. You had teams from down South uh, from every which way. Um, yeah, yeah. So there were, there were, there were folks from everywhere, uh, Right away, it was pretty obvious. You found, uh, you know, Sean Goldsworthy and the Minnetonka group. I walked right over, made sure to give them a handshake, congratulate them on their their state championship, and um, you know, so it was, you know, again, you're seeing all those people and you're connecting with them, and it's kind of fun to see those guys in the summer rather than just in the winter when you're, you know, up against them. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that's a really nice piece to be able to stay active within the high school hockey community in the off season um, when there's a lot of coaches and players and staff are all doing their own kind of things, depending on uh, what they got going for their career necessarily. And, um, but I think we can kind of go into the, my favorite part of the summer, which was, I actually did help coach one tournament, Mm -hmm. but you have the, the STP, the high school teams, varsity and JV not official teams, but kind of stacking up and seeing where players are going to play and um, just the experience of getting some of the older guys back on the ice together in the offseason, playing against other cities and some of the younger guys that 
will come up or possibly might come up from Bantams to play, um, seeing how they stack up against the competition and kind of seeing how they fit in with the high school group of guys um, in the high school summer tournaments. Yeah, yeah, it was a fun summer. We learned a lot about mostly ourselves. Um, you know, we, we didn't graduate a ton of guys, uh, but some key guys in terms of leadership. Um, and then, you know, you don't have at present, you know, a, a Simpson. So you kind of consider him in a possible graduation situation. There's there's always the opportunity that he might come back if and how things, you know, pan out here over the next couple of weeks and months. But yeah, it's we we had to really, you know, we, we if Simpson's not gone or if Simpson is gone and Vogel's gone, you know, that's a hundred some points out of our two hundred points we had. So that's you know a sizable chunk. So we're just trying to learn about who we are and and whatnot. The the good news is we return a lot of guys um, that have played in some real meaningful minutes and some tough situations in big time games. Um, so we didn't need to necessarily learn about them, but there's a lot of incoming guys that we're we're intrigued about. Um, we played in three tournaments. Uh, they all went well. Um, one went really, really well. Um, one almost went really, really well. Um, and when I say three tournaments, we had a, a, two teams in one of the tournaments. So we, we started with an Egan tournament, um, which is a tournament we've been doing for a while. And we've kind of turned this into the the veterans tournament. And this is where the the old old guys go um, to play. And so we had our seniors. We might have had a couple of juniors sneak in there based on availability. Um, and we played mostly conference opponents. And, you know, we played well. Um, we were we were two and two throughout the weekend. Um, and so we won some, we lost some. You know, you always want to win them all, of course. But at the same time, you, you learn a lot more when you when you lose. Um, at least you allow yourself to reflect that way. And so I think it was an overall good experience uh, for us uh, to have that, you know, and for those guys to just get kind of one last summer hurrah. I see you smiling, right? You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a tough fun. Oh, I remember there. playing yeah. in the Egan tournament. Um, that was always one of the things as an older guy you always looked forward to because um, we did it two out of the three years. Obviously, with COVID, we didn't do it that year. But mm-hmm. um, now that was always, a, as a player, kind of a fun thing to look forward to because, you know, like kind of middle of the summer, I get to go back with my guys that I spend all winter with and kind of play a, a couple games before the season, kind of see where everybody's at. And obviously, you see each other around town and other sports and school and stuff. But yeah, it's always fun to kind of get back into that tournament and wearing the saber sweater again for games so that that was always a enjoyable part of the summer yeah for sure and you, we got guys skating right all the time throughout the the 12 month calendar year but in the you know spring and summer they're not always playing saber hockey right they're doing yep. other things and that's that's completely healthy and acceptable in the way it is uh, but it is nice to get the guys back for the, the the training program in the summer um you know continue building those relationships we don't get a lot of time with with the players you know we get the winter it's a sprint you know we start the week before thanksgiving in november uh before you know it it's february you're trying to win to keep the season alive it's over and you know whether you win the state championship or not by you know early march you're you're done and then you can't talk you can't really work with the kids on the ice until june uh, June and July fly by <laughs> and yeah. then you can't work with them again until November. So those time, that time with them is so precious and the time for them to be together is really important. Um, and then, so yeah, we've been doing the Egan tournament for a little bit. We've now added uh, the Eastridge tournament. So we, we added that last year as kind of a new experience. Um, and we've, we've kind of turned that into our, our young guys tournament, right? This is more of our, let's see who's up and coming. Let's see all the guys that we had last year that were maybe first year players are progressing. Let's put them in positions to, to be the leaders um, and get a real good evaluation out of that. And we are uh, now back to back champions in that tournament, which is you know, no easy feat. It's, it's not as competitive um, in terms of each single game as the Egan tournament. That's why we put the older guys in that because they've been there and done that. Um, but when it gets down to the, the semifinals and finals, it's it's tough hockey. And, you know, so we went 5-0. and We win the championship. We beat a good Stillwater team. Um, that was a pretty tough, contentious battle last year as well in the semifinals um, that we beat them in a, in a shootout last year. And this year we, we beat them outright. And some guys really stood out to us. You know, they, they played really well. Um, some of the young guys, you know, I, I remember, uh, you know, the goaltenders both played really well. Well, you know, Nelson and Houston, um, and, and, you know, we're excited about those guys in terms of incoming prospects and what they could provide for us um, down the road. Uh, there's no doubt, you know, Nelson was the Bantam AA goalie uh, last year, uh, and and then uh, Houston is in Nicholas, so not Alexi, but his, his younger 
taller brother, uh, taller than you too. <laughs> taller, um, way taller. Taller than, than me, taller than all of us. He's a monster. Uh, but both of them uh, looked really well. And I know that uh, Nicholas, while enrolled at Chocopee, was out in Sioux Falls last year and did a different hockey experience to kind of grow and develop and, and change it up. Um, but intends to be back with the high school program so much as we select them. So those guys really stood out and played some big games. Um, and then some of the skaters, you know, I remember uh, Nathan Heilman had some big goals. I know we'll talk about him later and some of the stuff he's doing in the fall. Um, you know, uh, some of the the young guys from the Bantam team, uh, Dalen Klein, uh, Will Neal really stood out to us in terms of how they were playing and performing in big time situations. And they had a good winter last year, too, with the Bantams. We just didn't get to see them and coach them all the time. So it was good to see them in some of those situations. I think Will uh, O'Neill led the, the team in goals and points and um, or at least points. Uh, Heilman was right up there with them they were like neck and neck and then Klein was um, battling through some injury so it really showed us some grit uh, some ability to play hurt and and deal with, deal with some of those things and you know we had a, a couple other guys really stand out too Dylan Schmitz you know jumped off the page for us and just his overall sense his grid is up and down the way he played so I could talk about all these guys you know and there's others that that stood out um, but it was it was a fun experience for us to obviously win but more or less like I said to learn about our guys and grow well that's good I mean obviously you love to hear both years that they've done a tournament that we've been in, 2-0 and champs, and uh, so kind of building a repertoire, at least for in that tournament. Gotta know, Shockby's a team to beat if you're going to come play in that tournament. So As it sits right uh, now, that's how it feels. Yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> but um, no, it's good to, especially you go from having the older guys and the more experienced tournament that most of the alumni we remember playing in and then now you had another one where you get to see some of the younger guys you're kind of getting that balance and then for the last tournament that was over in brooklyn park um that was i was on the bench for the jv um games and then one of the varsity game the final varsity game i believe st louis uh, park st louis park yeah, yes st louis park, st. Louis yeah. park not brooklyn park um but we were up that we were up there um playing in a stadium that uh we don't normally play those opponents so kind of getting a different rink and um high school wise hopefully we would see playing in that rink eventually against either a st louis park or a benilde um always tough opponents in the regular season so kind of good to get in there to play in that arena whenever yeah. you can um but the teams that tournament was stacked i remember looking at the schedule at least for the jv and the varsity and i was like holy crap i mean there's a lot of good teams <laughs> bringing some of their good guys down here i mean i think our jv we played moorhead our first game um so it, we i mean it was a tough tournament um yeah so that schedule was uh, for the jv set so in this tournament just to give a little bit more context um the tournament organizer requests you know if you want to enter two teams a jv and a varsity team sometimes even enter a third team it put two at varsity or two at jv um it's a lot to manage when you do all that in terms of resources making sure kids are available having the coaching um so we opted for two to, to maximize making sure we get as many people to play um but by no means does it mean that the guys that were playing jv are going to be playing jv okay. and the varsity guys are going to be playing varsity it's again about trying to figure out where where we're at and giving guys experience based on age and um, different details in terms of how they perform but yeah the the jv uh group um you know they played Moorhead that first game uh then the second game was against the maple grove and then the third game against the holy family so you know three respectful programs and 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 the boys did well and you were there for all three of them yep. i was getting the updates i jump over there when i could because the you know quote-unquote varsity group was over at at pagel and minnetonka mm -hmm. so some of our games in are uh, overlapped but Talk to us. What, what do you remember about the Moorhead or Maple Grove or Holy Family? Or maybe even collectively, what do you remember about the game? I just remember, at least, it was very reminiscent of, like, the first, like, week or two of the season. Like, everybody's kind of got the, still got the preseason or the early season jitters. Like, everybody's just excited to be playing um, back for the hometown and uh, the guys trying to give it their all and win. I mean, as much as it's development and all the coaches and the teams are kind of looking at what they got for their roster stacked up coming to the next season. But it, it really felt like this was, like, actual in-season games i mean the games were officiated really well and just they were hard compete battle games i mean obviously we played three really respectable opponents maple grove and moorhead and holy family which 
are all teams that are always really good in the regular season, and we get to play them in the preseason, so preseason summer tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was really fun. All the battle uh, games were really gritty. Got we were scoring, having a lot. I just remember the energy with that JV group. Um, was off the charts. Every game, yep. we always, no matter if it was the young guys or the few old guys that were in that group, they were chugging along. Everybody was having fun, even though the games were close. They ever, it was just a great experience, especially being on the bench. It kind of reminded me back of kind of the early season of the high school, kind of getting back with your legs underneath, playing with some of your buddies and even some of the new guys. It was really fun to be a part of that and being on the bench and kind of help those guys. I believe we went three and zero in the first three games for JV, right? Uh, well, yeah. M- yeah. More had I know if we for sure won. Um, you you might have tied one. Uh, but I, I know you didn't lose. Yeah, we didn't lose a game in those a, first. It was an undefeated three. weekend because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm jumping the gun here. But you, you went to the the finals yeah. and won the whole. Th- or no, you won, won the next day and then ended up yeah. losing in the championship yeah. to a, a solid Andover team. Yes, in which we had a pretty short turnaround mm-hmm. and, and they had a little bit better schedule set up. But excuses aside, um, it was a good battle. It was a good game, and and they got the best of us. And of course, Andover, you know, won a championship just a couple of years ago, and um, they've got that identity and they're a good program. It's the type of teams we want to be playing against, yeah, competing absolutely. against, and being the mix with um and i remember we you know again you're, you're trying to get resources people are not always available in the summer for hockey mm-hmm. so you know you're, you're pulling guys from wherever you can and we we grabbed a couple of guys that are you know fully bantam eligible and, and intend to play bantams and will be playing bantams this winter um that got a chance to jump up and play some you know, some quote-unquote high school hockey so i think that was great for them too um to start getting a taste of it and building some relationships with the coaches and and all those things that was i think that was good so moving on to the varsity, they were over at Pagel. Um, I wasn't at any of those games. Um, so how did that go with the varsity? It, it went good. We, you know, we stumbled out the gate. We played a Cham- Champlain Park team that was good. And they had one kid that was really good. Another kid that was pretty good. And then, you know, uh, as you can imagine, a line that was solid. Um, and they just, it, they got the best of us. We struggled to score when we needed to. Um, so we ended up dropping the first game uh, and then rallied to to win the next two. Um, we had a rematch with Stillwater. So the group we had played in that Eastridge uh, tournament to, to win it. Uh, we got to play those guys uh, and made sure of it and won that game again. So it was kind of a, hey, guys can't win the Eastridge championship and then come out here and lose this one now, right? And, and, and again, we had young guys in the Eastridge. And this is now a mixture of, you know, young and old guys in terms of just, you know, varsity experience or putting them in the right boats to be competitive and audition for opportunities and yeah so we beat those guys and then we played a mountain team and we beat up on them pretty good it was a first it, you know we played halves so it was a first half second half yeah. experience and i think it was one zero with mound after the first half and we're kind of giggling on the bench and telling jokes i i remember not not losing it on them but just being like guys i don't know what we're so excited about it's one zero it's mound they've gotten beat by everybody pretty handily is this how we want to end the summer like fumbling this game you know, and basically just said, hey, take care of business. You can, we can joke in the locker room. We can have a good time after we take care of business. And then we went on to put like five, six, seven goals in the net and the guys played a lot better. Uh, and sometimes that's just how it goes too, right? When you, you're playing a team and things aren't going in yet and guys get cuter, but you know, we got to play in our game and it was, it was a better finish. So we finished two and one, uh, but the way it was set up, we were in kind of the super pool. So um, there were a couple teams we didn't get to play. Like we didn't play Creighton, even though they were in our pool. Um, and even though, you know, we were two and one, we didn't get to move on to the final day. So we played three games and that was it. We, we fumbled that first one and kind of took us out of the running uh, to move on. So all in all, a good experience. You know, if I, if I counted up, we had what, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 wins between the four tournaments um, and four losses. So, you know, it's, it's a pretty solid summer experience and one championship to go with it. So, you know, again, that's not what it's all about for me. It's about, you know, the guys developing and learning and growing and, and us getting that valuable time together to build those relationships. Yeah. And all that, I was, like I said before, I mean, the summer is just, and now that you've added a few more tournaments, um, it's just a fun time to be back for even just a few weeks with, your buddies and your hometown. Um, and that was always just a kind of a summer highlight um, for a lot of the hockey guys. And I know they enjoyed it. So, um, but we can kind of 
talk about the the brick tournament as it's yeah. always been a big staple around North America um, for a lot of the AAA teams and some of the Canadian teams. It's it's a really big tournament to play. Um, you want to talk a little bit about the brick tournament? Yeah, uh, the brick tournament is a youth experience uh, that happens up in Canada in, in a shopping mall. Uh, they put a hockey rink in there, um, and the fans stand around and basically could get hit with a puck, but they're pee wee, so they're not shooting it that high, or it's not clanking off the post, you know, that hard and, and ricocheting to hit them. But it's a really cool thing. It's it's highly um, not televised, but just you know, broadcast through media and whatnot, and and each. Um, you know, region or state gets to send one team. And so we send team Minnesota and, you know, we haven't sent a lot of guys. I know we sent Owen Moulton last year and this year, uh, Bolin set was chosen to be on that team. Um, and so they, they marched up there and, and started to kind of really make waves and take care of business in dramatic ways, like big time wins in overtime and, and comebacks. And, uh, the, the media pundits would, you know, kind of term them as the, the cardiac kids. Um, and Bo's, uh, Bo's not a goal scorer like a, like a Moulton, um, although he's capable of it. He's, he's a, a smart defenseman with a ton of skill and sees the ice well. And, um, you know, when he's playing his age group like that, he really shines, uh, might even be one of the, one of the best, it's hard to quantify all that, but he's, he's a really strong defender. And so, yeah, they went up there, um, you know, last year, um, the, the team Minnesota group with Moulton, uh, lost in the semifinals. Um, this year's group um, with, with uh, Bo uh, went to the championship, um, ran out of gas in that one, and ended up losing the championship. So push the needle. Team Minnesota has yet to win a championship in the brick, um, and so you know now we've gotten a, a, a team with a Shakopee player on it that gets the semis. Now we got a team with a Shakopee player on it that gets the championship. So you know hopefully we're getting closer and closer to a Team Minnesota getting one and be you know a Shakopee guy being a part of that experience. But yeah, shout out to to Bo. Uh, big congratulations. Saw him in the rink shortly thereafter. You know, gave him a big high five and, and told him we were all proud of him. And you know, he's been working hard. Got a chance to see him skate. Um, you know, in a AAA game or two after that as well. And he's he's just as advertised. He's a really really confident hockey player. No, I abs I remember because when the Bricks tournament's going on, obviously I follow as a hockey guy a lot of teams and pages on Instagram and Twitter, and so you see, uh, you wouldn't be surprised on the squirt level age for that tournament how literally nationally like media covered it is, especially up in Canada. Oh, yeah. Like I was seeing game clips um, of like these kids scoring like these crazy goals and what like these are some of the best kids in North America playing in this tournament. And it was just unbelievable. She's like, these kids are squirts. Yeah. And they're doing some stuff that took me till I was like high level peewees bantams to be able to do. I mean, their skill of these younger kids is unbelievable. And it's, it's kind of funny how much it gets as much they, it should be, but it, it does kind of crack me up that they get so much media coverage and stuff for the, these kids. And they're talking about like all these rankings and stuff like this for these kids. And they're like squirt level. I mean, they're third, fourth, fifth graders. So I, I kind of find the chuckle and the, the humor in that, but it, it's a really cool experience and happy that some shock kids are starting to make waves um, and be able to get some experiences like that for our program. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it, it, people pay attention to it, it as young as they are and they are good man and you know kids today are nothing like kids you know when, when i was playing they're just way more skilled they've got op access to all this you know training and and knowledge and go on their phone youtube whatever it is um and so yeah it's 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 fun to watch high level squirts when they're playing like that but you also got to remember they're kids and you know they're they're all going to kind of peak at, at the times they peak and even though a kid's not a brick player doesn't mean that he's not going to be a really impactful player when he gets to the age that you know i'm looking to have him in high school school so everybody if you're if you're if you didn't play in the brick which most of you didn't uh, keep <laughs> chugging along uh because you still got a bright future and there's this thing called puberty and when that hits uh things can really change for you so keep working on your skills keep developing yeah well another big kind of event here for shock p um was the team usa under 17 five nations tournament uh as we know cooper simpson star for high school team uh the last two seasons um was selected to play um for team usa in the under 17 five nation over in czechia um got to watch a few of the games um on my tv and uh, um we also did you guys hosted a watch party for one or two of the games over at badger hill correct that is correct yep yeah so they did a 
watch party, kind of cheering on Cooper as he went over um, over to Czechia with a good group of guys. I mean, some of the best kids for the most of them, I believe, were U16 players playing up at the under 17s. Um, so it, it was a good group. And there's also a few other Minnesota players on that team. Um, so Cooper wasn't just a lone Minnesota player. There's a couple really good players yeah. um, on that team. But Cooper had uh, seven points. They played one preseason game um, like before the actual tournament started. Um, and then they had four regular games. And he had in five games, he had three goals and four assists for seven points. So he was over a point per game um, over in Czechia playing um, for Team USA, which is a really an exciting experience uh, for Cooper. I know he enjoyed it, um, and just an exciting experience for all of us to kind of see one of our own Chalkby players playing at a level that's so high like that. Yeah, I mean Cooper, he's Cooper, right? He's he's electric with the puck. He can score with the best of them. Uh, he absolutely, you know, earned it and deserved to be in that experience and prove that he was capable. Um, he had a tough start though. He didn't he didn't play um, you know a, a solid game in the first game. He ended up getting ejected out of it uh, for taking a, a bad penalty or two. Um, and then you know he rallied though from that. And that's that's what it's about, right? You make mistakes. We're all going to. Um, and then you know we talk about it all the time in the room or on the bench. The next best thing, got to move on, right? What can you do now, right? You can sit here and pout, right? Or you can you can go out there and find a way to make a play. And so you know the rest of the tournament, he he played significantly better and and did the things that you know he. Needed to do and, and probably listen to the coach i'm sure they had a good chat with him about hey this is not what we do we do that again you know this, whatever whatever so um good to see him overcome some adversity good to see him shine good to see him get that opportunity put the usa sweater on gotta feel good right remember this is a guy who, who wanted to play in the ntdp program um you know didn't get selected for that um and still you know a month or two later still finds himself wearing a, a team usa jersey and and makes the most of it no i think that's for most hockey players, if not all of them, lo would love. I mean, you watch World Juniors and you watch. I know they don't do the Olympics as much now, but you always dream of whatever age at playing, you want to be representing your country in a game like that. And uh, even though the Five Nations tournament isn't like an official IHF tournament, um, it's still those experiences are amazing. And I, obviously, I wish anybody I, I wish i had that opportunity so uh, well, congratulations let me, let me to cooper you now so okay so for those that don't know yuri is a a dual citizen um mother is uh born and raised in finland correct that is correct okay and so you are a citizen of both the united states of america and finland that is correct okay so my question is um let's say you are superstar Right, and you've got the your pick, and Team USA is like, "Hey, we want you to play in this tournament," and, and Team Finland's like, "Hey, we want you to play in this tournament." Um, what team are you playing for? To be honest, I've actually oh, please, yeah, please be I, honest. I've had this conversation with myself, even though I never got the opportunity. I had this thought in my head ever since I was a little kid, mm -hmm. like if I actually got the opportunity, which team would I go play for? And I always kind of had the thought in my head is like, whichever team, like I never thought both teams obviously would want, but if I was the best player, one of the best players in the world, honestly, as much as my heart wants to say Finland, I, I mean, I, I, I'm a very, like, I'm, when I watch NHL and I watch a lot of the players, I, I know a lot of Finnish players are really family, friends, and close with a lot of NHL players that are from Finland. Um, I probably would pick Team USA just because it, I would probably have a better chance at... Honestly, it really depends because I think Finland at the U18, the under U18 level, has been consistently going to the championship or been a top two three team as much as usa is really good too they haven't at least in the last few years haven't been able to find a way to get there but i think if it if i was a bit older like team usa i would probably go if it was the u20 or older but if it was like a u18 i probably would play for finland interesting I feel like you were going to say Team USA, then you kind of talked yourself out of it as you went through that. So you're still conflicted. You're not 100% I, sure. I still never, never uh, officially picked a side. Yeah, I get it. I, I get root it. Every year I watch all of the tournaments, and I always root for both. And then when it comes to if USA plays Finland, I always root for Finland. But sure. that's just, 
how it how it always has become. Well, fortunately or unfortunately, <laughs> uh, you never got that opportunity. Never got that, that opportunity. Yeah. So it's all hypothetical yeah. here. So that's great. We can move on. But um, no, I think uh, awesome experience for Cooper. Yep. Um, but now Tri City USHL season. Um, they started playing preseason already. I believe they've had four, five, six games maybe. Um, but the official season starts on the twentieth. Um, so that's in a few days, I believe Wednesday here. So that's going to, it's going to be really, it's time for Cooper to show everybody who he is and whether he gets the opportunities or not, he's got to make the most of it. And I'm really excited to start watching some of his games. And, uh, as I haven't gotten to be able to watch a preseason game yet, but, um, I'm excited for Cooper to kind of put his name out there and see how well he plays and this new experience for him. Yeah, I, uh, I bumped into him at a local restaurant uh, the day before he took off to uh, go down to Tri-City and, and start the experience down there with them and wished him luck and, um, you know, really excited for him. I know the the couple of preseason games, they've been moving things around. It's hard to tell. I haven't talked to him since he left, so it's hard to tell if it's them just trying to work out their lineup, give guys different experience, if, you know, he's playing himself up or down in the lineup. I know game one, he was listed as a second-line winger. Um, one of the other games, he was listed as a fourth-line winger. Again, that could be just they're trying to work guys into different spots or based on his performance. Uh, either way, you know, there's going to be ups and downs to this. It's a big jump, right? You're going from high school hockey, and, you know, as, as much as we've played an increasingly competitive schedule, um, we, we don't have – we didn't have the toughest schedule the last yeah. two years. So he's going into a big jump and he's going to learn a lot. And, you know, I think the thing he'll gain the most um, is not necessarily how to score. We know knows he knows how to do that. He's got an electric shot and he can, he can hit a pinpoint area, but um, he's going to learn how to play a two-way game and, and do all those other details and the grind of the practices and the film and the stuff that they're doing there will be really good for him. So excited for the season to officially kick off for him. Uh, excited for him to, to shine and, and work through the adversity uh, that will be inevitable. Uh, and, and we'll be giving updates as we learn about him and, and following along, of course. Now, best of luck to you, Cooper, if you're listening. Um, I'm sure a lot of us here will, will will be keeping tabs. We'll be watching. So I know I'll be watching your first few games here. So uh, go kill it, buddy. Uh, but we had a bunch of other players um, for Shock P um, playing. Obviously, high school is not in session right now, um, hockey-wise. So you have a bunch of players playing on Blades and other AAA teams, Blue Army, uh, we want to talk about just some of the guys and what they've been doing in this off season here, what teams they've been playing for. Um, we have a bunch of players that have been able to play on the blades teams um, at all ages here. U um, 18 blades. We have my brother, Alexi Houston um, and Jake Marshall, one of the captains, two seniors playing on that U 18 blades team. Then you go down to the U 16 blades team uh, and you have Carson Steinhoff, Cooper Seeger, Jack Kolchkin, and uh, Peyton Chase. Um, also at the U16 level, Will Youngberg's playing on the U16 Blue Army. And you have uh, Cody Sawyer and Nathan Heilman playing on the U16 Ice Dogs team. So a lot of players playing on that U16 level on a bunch of really competitive teams. Um yeah, yeah, and you've got so U18s obviously a tough level, um, you know, and those guys are are playing with the blades, and that's a great opportunity for fall hockey, right? They're going to play against really tough teams and get some good experience, and should help them come in sharp. You know, Alexi played with the U18 blades last year. I think that was a big uh, jump for him to to have that fall preseason kind of skating and playing. Um, we know he plays tennis in the in the spring, and so he's he's constantly doing something. He takes his little break for I think it's really healthy for him in the spring to, you know, take care of his body and and do something a little bit different, work some different muscles and joints, and and now he's he's full fledged into you know hockey prep and getting ready for the season. And and Marsh has been grinding away, man. Uh, it's really fun to see his growth, and uh, obviously we, we we think a lot of him as a leader, uh, but I think he's going to make a big splash this year as as an impact player in whatever situation we put him in. Um, so excited for those guys in that opportunity. U18's more comparable to, to varsity hockey, so they're getting a real, real good experience. That's not to say that U16 isn't. These are really good hockey players. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you're just playing in your own birth, you know, class and or, or one up and one down. So, um, you know, it's not quite the same as the varsity will be, but it'll translate really well for for those guys that are doing it. I know the guys on the blades are, you know, at the top of the the 
you know, statistics in terms of, you know, points and, and doing really well for that group and their team. Um, I'm pretty sure the U16 Blades, which has Steinhoff, Siegert, Kolchkin, and Peyton Chase, um, which Peyton Chase is a new player uh, that just moved uh, to Shakopee. Uh, and so is essentially a transfer, if you will. Um, it played last year high school hockey with, with Chaska. Um, and so we're excited to welcome him. He looked really good this summer and getting to know him. And he's he's a he seems to be a straight kid and just a really good kid that does the right thing and straight shooter in that regard. But I'm pretty sure the U16 Blades, which included four of those Shockby guys, played the U16 Blue Army. Um, and you know I don't I, I don't have any allegiance to the Blue Army or Blades or any of that. I just want to see our guys grow and compete. Um, but that Blue Army team has Will Youngberg, um, and I'm pretty sure Will Youngberg's team won. So he's got bragging rights on the boys right now. He's got to be feeling really good about it um and he won't probably say much about it other than just look at them and smile um if you know will so yeah uh, good work will way to take care of business um yeah and then you've got uh, nate heilman who we mentioned earlier had a, had a big summer tournament um with the u16 ice dogs the fairbanks ice dogs uh, and then cody sawyer another new kid so this it seems to be a theme people are moving in or coming around and, and wanting to be a part of what's going on for whatever the reasons are uh the sawyer family as i understand it uh, so i've met them uh, a couple times now first through the school and and um, then through the summer of training uh it moved here from colorado so he was a player that lived in colorado um and had to bill it so you know they don't do association or hockey like we do where you just play in your neighborhood in your hometown or nearby he had to go live with another family in colorado um and played hockey and so you know their family he's got a younger sister um they desired to be like a family like we go to the same school we have experiences together you know the kids see each other after school and you know say hi i think the the brother and sister were missing each other um and so they wanted to move to minnesota and uh, amid all their options, uh, they settled on Shakopee. So we're excited to have them. Uh, and I know that uh, Cody is is leading both the Ice Dogs team uh, and then the North American Prospects League in in points. Uh, so he's he's having a heck of a time there, and he's ripping it up. So that's a name to keep an eye on, and uh, we'll see how that translates uh, to high school if and when his opportunities come. Um, and then you got the U15s, which I think you were going to start talking about those guys. Yeah, we got uh, U15 Blades. Uh, you have Nicholas Hewson, another one of my brothers, and Nate Pedersen, absolute stud. Just have to throw that in there. Um, but then you go down um, to... Well, well, let's go to yeah. HP in a second. So you got the Blades, so fif- the, the 15 only. So this is pure birth year. These are all 2008s. Um, Nicholas, we mentioned earlier, uh, the, the tallest guy on the team. Um, and then Ped's one of the smallest guys on the team. <laughs> uh, but, but Ped's, Nate is uh, just a hockey player. I've a lot of uh, interest in his game right now. Uh, getting phone calls, uh, college teams, uh, people are interested. So I, I don't know if what his points or stats are, but I know he's playing the game the right way and turning heads and making impressions. Um, so all these guys that are playing in these experiences are having a good fall. Um, you know, we've got, in addition to this, other guys training hard right now, um, whether they're at the weight room uh, with, you know, our, our strength coach, Regan Qual, um, or they're, you know, doing some other skating stuff. Uh, we've got through MPH an advanced training program. So they're skating three days a week for 75 minutes. They're getting a lot of ice time uh, and touches. Um, and then some are doing some other additional skating and training, skating coach, um, you name it, before and after school, whenever they're doing that. These guys are all crushing it, right? And, and all these names are, uh, with the exception of Nicholas and then the incoming guys, guys that were in and on the program last year and played pretty, you know, significant minutes. Uh, and then you've got, you know, the HP update, which, you know, includes 15s and 14s and guys that were, you know, in the Bantam ranks last year that, you know, we're keeping tabs on. I'll, I'll share this too for anyone listening, waiting for their name to be said. Uh, we do our best ahead of the show uh, to gather all the information, make sure we don't miss anyone. If we miss anyone, someone please send me a text or an email, let me know, um, and we'll, we'll get it included in the next one. Um, but we think we have it all covered. Um, I've said this on previous shows. The information isn't just that readily available. We have to really scour and call and you know, connect with people to figure out what's going on with the teams. Um, so thank you to Connor Kratzky, who at the time of this recording is on the golf course, and I interrupted him multiple <laughs> times to get some of these updates. He's our, our Bantam coach um, here in Shakopee. So thank you, Connor. Um, okay, you were going to go on to HB stuff. 
Yeah, we got HP 15s uh, for the Lakers. You have uh, Radke, um, Avery, and Huh um, playing on that HP 15 team. Yeah, so that's that's Evan Radke. Um, he's uh, versatile, can play forward or D. Um, Satsin pro- probably has a forward. Uh, Logan Avery, goaltender, played Bantam uh, AA last year. Uh, him and Caden Nelson were the two goaltenders. Uh, and then Landon Huh, uh, another new kid, uh, uh, transferred over, uh, is now attending Shockby High School. Um, and all three of these guys are playing on the HP 15 team. Uh, Evan, unfortunately, uh, has a broken pinky, um, which I understand was from a shot or slash or something from from Landon Huh. Probably not a slash, probably a shot, <laughs> but um, you know, some friendly fire, I think, at practice or a game. I don't know all the details. I know that his pinky is broken. I know that he's had surgery. He's on the mend. Um, injuries are never fun, uh, but you know, uh, before the season or in the off season is definitely the time preference to have an injury rather than in, in yeah nose. we don't we don't want that stuff happen during the season it's just the season's too short right yeah. it's it's tough you, you you're out two weeks you miss four or five games there's only so many games right because it's a late starting season that's why it's also so important you know for people to understand why these guys are playing on these teams these u18 u16 they're they're getting those games because the rest of the country is playing in their their winter team right now. They're in there. They they start in September, right? And and they get going. So our guys, we have to kind of piece it together a little bit different because we play community based hockey. So there's pros and cons to to everything. But yeah, these guys are, are buzzing along. Uh, we've got three guys that made the H, HP 15s, um, and you know we're really excited about that. Yeah, and then now we go down to the U14. Uh, you for the Lakers, you have Cole Davis and Hurst. Yeah, so you've got um, HP 14s, uh, Cole Davis and Jackson Hurst, and then the HP 14 prospects, you have Madden Peace, um, who's playing in that league as well, um, which is not easy to get a part of. All these things are really tough. You know, we're, we're D6. Uh, District 6 is tough as it gets. Um, I always kind of argue maybe the toughest collection of kids in the in the country uh, to compete with to make some of these, you know, unique uh, teams and experiences. Um, so kudos to those three. Uh, I understand uh, Cole Davis is, is ripping it up, you know, playing top six, uh, first power play unit, um, scoring goals. He's also the guy that made Team Minnesota uh, and will be playing that tournament in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, this week and weekend. Um, what's that tournament called again? Uh, the Pittsburgh Fall Classic. Yeah, Fall Classic. Yeah. This upcoming weekend. And so that means not only did he make it for D6, but for Minnesota's team, right, to go represent in that at the 14 age group. Um, he's on that roster as well. So, um, you know, r- r- really big deal for for a Shockby kid, for any kid, really. Um, but it's nice to have a, a, a boy from our community make that. Um, and then Jackson Hurst, um, this is a hardworking kid. Um, he goes hard. He's he's the type of guy you want on your line um, because if a puck gets chipped in, he's going to get it. Um, you know, if there's a guy to back check, he's going to go get him. Um, he, he's not afraid of hard work, uh, and he's got a good bit of skill to go with it too, and, and can bury. So um, both those guys are are playing on the same team and having some fun, I imagine, uh, and and looking forward to their upcoming seasons for the winter. Yeah, and I think now we got um, just a couple last updates here um, going on with the Youth Association. Um, we have the Youth uh, Golf Tournament coming up this weekend. Is it Friday or Saturday? Or uh, The tournament's Friday, uh, September 22nd. So this episode should be coming out on, on Tuesday. So just a couple days from now, um, I think it's a noon uh, shotgun start. It's To me, it's the, kind of the start of you know, shock be hockey. Uh, you know, when that golf tournament hits, usually that means, you know, tryouts for the youth program start um, right after that, which they do uh, on Sunday. I think the girls start uh, the 24th and then, and then the boys and girls, you know, continue tryouts into Monday, the 25th. So, you know, Friday's kind of that last hurrah of off season's over. Hopefully you're settled into school um, and your new routine and, you know, hockey teams will be, will be formed in a couple of weeks here and We'll have, you know, Bantam and Pee Wee updates and, and stuff going on there. So, yeah, if you're if you're not signed up, try and get signed up for that golf tournament or find a way to support or find out where they're going after the tournament and go hang out. Um, last year, I know it was the bowl. It's probably there again, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure at this time. And then, yeah, youth tryouts will be kicking off here um, by the end of the weekend and, and into next week. 
um, which is all really exciting. Hockey's upon us. So it's, you know, as I look at, you know, I'm on the HDC as the high school coach. So, you know, we've had lots of discussions, uh, both in small groups and then the, the full HDC about what, you know, is going to happen this year. And it, it looks like, you know, I, I know at least on the boys' side, we'll have four teams for Bantams, Peewees, and Squirts. Um, and, you know, it'll be a little bit unique. We'll have the Bantams and Squirts going to have a little bit smaller size teams. You know, you might have 12 teams on a or 12 players on a, on a Bantam team, um, 13 on the rest of them, as I understand it. And, and, and we see that to be a, a, a good thing because, of course, adversity is a part of the experience, right? And so, uh, to me, would you rather the adversity be, you know, you've got 18 guys out there and, you know, <laughs> you're like... Not a high school team at youth year. <laughs> right. No, well, at high school, we, it's different. We have four lines, but that yeah. fourth line's playing heavy minutes in the JV game, yeah. right? And so they're they're playing, right? And so this it's just tough when you got four lines. You don't want that. And then everybody's stuffy on the, on, on the bench and then the locker rooms can get a little bit tough. Um, when you got 13 skaters, of course, you might deal with an injury. You might deal with an illness. And those things are going to be inevitable. And so... I don't know. What are your thoughts here? You show up. There's nine guys to play today. Um, are you like, you know, we're toast? Are you like, let's go? I mean, what are your thoughts if you've got a short bench? It's development. It's the guys who are there. You're getting ready to play. And I think about it as you just go out there and play. I mean, no matter if you got nine guys or you got 15 players or 18 players on a team. I mean, you're out there, you're ready to play, you're locked in for every game, and the more ice time you get, the better, especially at the youth ages. I mean, you don't want really, really big teams unless you want to try and be, unless you got a really skilled group and you can't really differentiate them, but still, you just want development. That's all what the youth, as much as it is, you want to be competitive and you want to be winning, obviously, that comes down, it's, it's a bonus, but when you get from the squirt and the peewee um, levels, even up to the Bantams, you focus on development. Bantams, you're kind of starting to transition to, okay, we really, really want to win. Um, but it's still development hockey because you're trying to develop all the way up until hopefully you can play in a high school team. So that's kind of how I think of it. Yeah, yeah. Development's so important. It's not just about developing into a great hockey player. It's about developing into a great human. I think hockey provides a landscape and, and situations to help that happen. Um, I, to me, it's all about mindset. So if I have a mindset of, you know, what I call a spirit of abundance and I'm, I'm just excited to get after it and there's nine guys and I come with the right mindset like, hey, let's go. Why not? Why not us? Why not now? Let's do it. Right. And we go out there and we shock the other team. I've seen it. I've been on the opposite bench where the other team's like, oh, guys, we're going to dust them. They only got nine skaters. They're in trouble. And then you find out, well, they got the nine right skaters out there and they have the puck the whole time. And you also find out, because I've been on the other side of it, where we've had nine skaters, the guys settle in and they get their second wind. And now instead of going coast to coast and trying to do all these crazy things, you know, guys are like, I got to play smart. And they really start to think about the game and they really start to value, right, those, those decisions and that coaching and that feedback. Um, but I think, yeah, I think mindset's super important and you got to have the right mindset when you're approaching, you know, just anything in life and especially when you're going to go out there and compete as a team. Um, I think it's going to be a fun season. I think there's going to be challenges, of course, um, but hockey's full of challenges, isn't it? And, we love hockey. And it's about overcoming them. So I think, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, these coaches help guide these boys uh, and these girls through these these challenges, uh, through these seasons, uh, and how, you know, from a high school coach and our staff and the hockey development committee and all those that pour in their time and energy to, to the hockey program, how we can help support those coaches and those players have a great season. I think it's going to be a, a growth year. I really do. Maybe, maybe not what people will call a banner year, right, where we're out there hanging a ton of banners, but maybe. Um, it's possible and but I think it's going to be a growth year where we look back and say man we got a lot better we really worked through some tough things uh, and it was worth it I think that's always what you really want at the youth level I mean I think back and you just it's all about I mean yeah you want to have as much fun I mean they're, they're kids still and you want them to have fun at the practices but you also want you're, you're there to get better and you're there to get better so you can compete in the games and try and go for those goals towards the end of the season. So I think it all comes down to just having a good season and putting yourself in the right mindset and the, the right train of thought of, hey, whatever happens this year, I'm ready to go kill it. And that's kind of, I know from personal experience, 
my Bantam year, I was a A or double A player every year all the way up, squirts and peewees. And my first year Bantams, I thought, hey, I've been an A player. I've still been working hard and I didn't make the top team. I played B1, but I didn't change my mindset. And I worked and played and I was what I feel one of the top players on that B1 team. And I had a great year. I didn't think, oh, I'm on B1. This year's going to suck. Like when, whether it's the same, if you're a C or a B or an A player, you have to come with the mindset ready to work every single day. And if you can instill that in your brain, whether you're a parent or a kid that's in the program, you have to think about that as just another day at the rink. I'm ready to go put the work in. And yep. that's, that's what you have to think about it as, cause that's the only way you're really going to get everything out of it. No question. You, you said something that made me uh, think about a point I really want to share. So, you know, most of our listeners, I would imagine, are, are adults, their parents, right? I, I know that some of the, the, the players, both high school and youth, uh, tune in. Um, so I want to talk directly to the players and parents um, in the program. You know, as exciting as a time as this is, right? Season's about to start. Um, tryouts are about to take place. Teams are going to get announced. Um, some people are going to be really happy with their team placement. And some people are going to be really frustrated with their team placement. Um, and I get it, right? Because, you know, it's it's going to be close with some. And, and some, it just might be a miss. It, it, it happens every year in every program. I've done tryout evaluation in multiple programs. And it's a challenge, right? But... I think what's most important, and you kind of just alluded to this, no matter where you end up, right, no matter where a player ends up, if you end up on the team you went for, right, the top team or the team that you thought was the the best situation for you, you, you're going to be happy. You're going to be filled with this emotion that makes you just so excited, and that's great, but you can't stay there. You have to get back to what we call focus mode, right? We talk all the time about we can't let our highs get too high and our lows get too low, right? We got to get back to even keel back to focus mode we score a goal great we're gonna sell you we're gonna feel a burst of emotion it's gonna feel great right but we can't stay there game's not over there's still time on the clock we have to get back to focus otherwise they're gonna do it to us and so often it's about who can get back to that focus mode after a big deal now on the flip side some are not going to be on the team they want and they're going to be frustrated and obviously you can't stay there right? That's not going to help. That's going to have the wrong mindset and approach to the season. Uh, and we're going to contribute to or create our own misery. So my advice, get back to focus mode. Okay, here I am. Like you said, you made the B1 team. You weren't thrilled about that, were you? Can't imagine. You Absolutely were. not. No, you were, you were frustrated, yeah. right? And you could have stayed there and pouted the whole season. You could have been disappointed. You could have blamed. You could have said, these guys aren't good enough to play with. They can't catch a pass, whatever you wanted to say, mm-hmm. right? But instead you embraced it. You said, here I am. There's no change in it. Nobody's coming to save me. I've got a season ahead of me. I love the game, right? I'm going to put the work in and I'm going to get back to focus mode. And you used it as, and we've had plenty of conversations over the years, as one of, you've defined as one of the most, you know, influential seasons in your career. Absolutely. That was one of the seasons that I remember the most. Yep. Just because I, I, I've talked to my parents about this. My dad has specifically said that was one of the years where I took the most strides in being a hockey player and just loving the game and being a leader. Because I had to go from being a better or one of the top or one of the middle guys on an A-team to trying to be the top player and being the leader and being the guy that everybody has to be relied on. And being that you have to put yourself in the situations. Not saying, yeah, go to tryouts and don't give it your all so you make a worse team to put yourself in. I'm not saying that. It's just you have, no matter the situation, figure out a way to make it the best situation as possible. Do the work, put yourself in the right mindset to be able to figure out how can I make this season the best season that I've had. And that's what you have to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I say this to myself all the time, you know, how did I contribute to this? How, How did I contribute to this? When I find myself, um, you know, feeling frustrated and wanting to point fingers at somebody else or some situation or institution or whatever it is that created the misery I'm feeling, right? I then, when I finally get myself back to a place of like, I need to reflect and grow, it's how did I contribute to this? Okay, I shot X amount of pucks, maybe I should have shot more. How many sprints did I run? Like, what did I do, right? And so it becomes an opportunity to really reflect and then grow immensely, right? Because you don't want to be the guy that didn't put the work in and just made it. That's not going to work forever, right? For example, you went from B1 to then on the 
double A team, correct? Right at Bantams, yep. and then you came into high school and you were contributing on the varsity team because you lit it up on the JV team early in the season. Started contributing on the high school varsity team, and that's where you stuck the rest of the way. And not everyone that made the Bantam double A team two years in a row had that same experience, yep. right? They were they they didn't have that opportunity to have that reflection. So again, my message here to everyone is, regardless of what situation you end up in. Get back to focus mode, right? And then the, the last parting advice, um, we work hard to put good coaches in place. Do your best to listen to the coaches. This is the same thing I tell the high school guys. Just listen to your coaches. I, I, you know, We work hard to give you good positional coaches. Just listen to them. Try and do the things that they're telling you to do, uh, and you'll have a good experience with it, and you'll grow. So, you know, like I said, I'm really excited about the season. I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, these teams get formed and to get games under their belt and to start getting after it, uh, watch them train and develop. Uh, and but most importantly, you know, it's the weird thing, but I'm, I'm excited to watch adversity take place and then watch how we as a community come together, overcome it uh, and watch these kids grow. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we want to thank you for making it all the way to the end. Hit that follow button to save our podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Also, if you enjoyed the podcast and want to show your support, we encourage you to leave us a five-star rating. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you at the rink.